We are live. Episode 38, Jim DeSico. Super coffee, if you haven't heard. Don't know where you've been. Uh, Mike Wilkes and Wave, we get right into this thing. Jim, we're talking coffee. We're talking family members. Uh, we're talking uh, big biceps and, and, and everything in between. Uh, how, how did you get uh, that started? Give us the, the name uh, variants too. I see uh, Super Coffee and then I see another one. Give us the story of how this got started. Yeah, man. So I'm the oldest of three brothers. We all played sports in college. And long story short, we were, uh, we were falling asleep in class. You know, there wasn't a healthy energy drink that we wanted to drink. It all had too much sugar, too many calories. So my youngest brother, Jordan, started brewing this super coffee in his dorm room for himself. Protein, MCT oil, zero sugar. Tasted good. Worked for him. He dropped out of school, gave up a full ride, and uh, called us up and said, hey, let's, let's sell coffee together. And uh, the company name is Ketu Life Inc. That is the sort of the makers of super coffee. We always compare it to like Glasso and vitamin water. You know, everybody knows vitamin water. Nobody knows what Glasso is. Uh, but we've since expanded beyond super coffee. So Ketu Life makes creamers and pods and coffees and K-cups, all kinds of good stuff. What year was that? That was 2016. 2016. So four years in, uh, you get a call from your brother. What were you doing? I was a financial analyst on Wall Street. I had just graduated in May of 2015. So I was working for uh, this real estate finance company, uh, working my ass off, but it wasn't, wasn't really for me. We don't come from entrepreneurs. Like I didn't know what, what a startup was, but Jordan, like it was my little brother. I knew he, he, he couldn't mess this up for himself. So uh, I, I jumped in to help out. Now you have a third brother involved too. What was he doing at the time? That was Jake. So Jake didn't drop out of school. He was in his senior year at Georgetown. He played football. Uh, he was like, guys, I'm two semesters away from a Georgetown degree. I'll help out this first year when I can, but I'm going to go play ball. And, and uh, once I graduate, I'll be full time with you guys. That's a cool story. Where are you guys from? Are you, you're from New York or, or out East, correct? Yes, sir. We're from upstate New York. We grew up in Kingston, two hours North of New York city. Very nice. Uh, I see some posts related to your mom, maybe. Wait, was she like a, is she a motivator? Was she the one uh, supporting you guys? I'm assuming you, you have a close knit family, it seems like, uh, pushing you guys into sports and, and just sort of staying on course as a kid? Yeah, yeah. So both of our parents played sports in college. They met at New Hampshire. Mom was a badass. She was an All American lacrosse and soccer player. And she's 5'2, 100 pounds. And, and, uh, she, I mean, she got three kids by the time she was 26 and, and it was just go do your best every day. And it, it wasn't like, if you come in second, that's okay. It was go kick today's ass, you know? So it was always intense and competitive, but it was all love. You know, there was a lot of compassion involved too. That's also a really cool part of this story. Um, when you guys were getting going, let's get into that. 2016, uh, you guys get this thing going. Where did you where did you start the process? Meaning how did you find, let's say a small kitchen or even a co-packer at that time? What did that look like? Yeah. So the first batch we, we sold the whole foods. We got in, this was when they had a, a local program, we got into one store in Washington, DC, a couple blocks away from my brother's apartment. We made it in the apartment and we brought it there and we we're like, Hey, we're super coffee. You guys want to sell this shit? And the guy was like, yeah, we'll take eight cases of it. So then, uh, we found, we were too small for a co-packer, you know, too small for distributors. We only had one store. So, this old Domino sugar factory up in Baltimore uh, let us use a, a, like a dusty old bottling line in the back. And the guy would say, come in at night, just be out by the morning. And, and that's where we would, we would do that for uh, 18 months. That's pretty sweet. Uh, as far as the branding or the name 
chosen at the time or packaging? How did you guys figure that piece out? And also at the same time, where were you? Were you guys like huddled up into an apartment? Were, were you sleeping on, you know, on, on the couches? What, what did that look like? Yeah, yeah. Jake lived in the basement of a dusty old uh, uh, Georgetown apartment, 35th and O Street, right in Washington, D.C. So Jordan and I lived on his couch for a while, and then we rented an apartment up by the, the place in Baltimore. Uh, so we were down there. Super Coffee, was it was descriptive, and it was intriguing. You know, it was, it was enough to, uh, like, Key to Life doesn't really tell you what it is. It could really be anything. Uh, and what we found is you can't own the word super, you can't own the word, word coffee. So now we do, thankfully, four years in, we were able to put a case together that the word super coffee, that, that term means something to enough people that it, it's unique to us. So, uh, but back then it was just a, a descriptive term and, and we wanted people to understand that they were getting something more than just coffee. That's pretty amazing. So you guys were somehow able to f actually trademark super coffee? Yeah, yeah, so we have the registered trademark for super mm -hmm. coffee. You have enough sales, enough marketing spend, enough awareness, and you put together a pretty big case for the USPTO and they, uh, they pass it. That's pretty awesome, dude. Like, like for anybody who understands what that's like to get a trademark or register a name, um, he, he described how the name probably wouldn't have passed through because they're just kind of general, right? And, you know, super and coffee, but um, that's pretty awesome. Um, let's fast forward to 2018. Uh, you guys have a business by then? Is it, is it look formidable by then? How many cases were you selling and where were those being sold to? Yeah, so 2018 was our first real year. We had, we had about 10 employees. I think we did four and a half million in revenue for the whole year, uh, but we, we went on Shark Tank. Our episode of Shark Tank aired in February of that year. Sales were picking up. We, uh, we closed our Series A in December of 2018, so that gave us the firepower to roll into 2019. Um, so yeah, 2018, I, that was year three of the business. We had 2016, 2017. 2018 was our first real year where we're like, okay, this is, this is a company now and, and uh, we're, uh, we're, we're just getting started. Did the series a follow shark tank or was it sort of timed at the, you know, timed accordingly? Yeah. So we closed our series a 10 months after the shark tank episode aired. We went on shark tank asking for a million dollars for 10%. Our series a, we raised $13 million at a, at a $50 million valuation. So it was, uh, we, we covered a lot of ground by the time the episode aired to the time we, uh, we closed the round. Did you see a big jump for those that watch Shark Tank? I think there's a lot of things, there's sort of the misnomers, right, about what it's like to either be on, what happens post-show. I think I've mentioned this before, you know, sort of vaguely that a lot of the deals, even if they close on air, don't close afterwards, right? Um, you're, you, they think like you're sitting there at the table, let's say with, with Mark Cuban, after the show, but that's not really what happens. You're sitting with attorneys uh, who represent them and then they're digging around and then most of, from what I hear, don't actually close. In your instance, you guys didn't get a deal, but there's a lot of exposure. And so do you see a lift immediately post-show? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, so we saw a spike on Amazon and Shopify, our own website the night before. Sorry, there's a, a firefighter driving by. Um, <laughs> the night before or the night of the, the episode aired. And so, you know, on Amazon, like, like, let's say we were averaging 10 K a day. I think we saw the night of the show, we went, did, went up to 30,000. And then the be the benefit of the show was like the Monday, Tuesday afterwards, the new baseline was like 15 to 20 K a day. So it reset that 10 K. 
but not many people are watching that show at night compared to who our, our total customer base is. So Shark Tank really is what you make it. And they're very, they're very uh, tight on what you can and can't do after the show. So we push those boundaries probably more than we should. You know, we're, we're hanging signs to say, I've seen on Shark Tank. We're talking about it on podcasts and talk shows. You know, if I saw this, I'd, I'd hear from there. Or if they saw this conversation with you, I'd, I'm going to get a letter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like anything in this world, it is what you make it. You really got to stretch it out and they give us an inch. We're, we're going to take a mile. I love that, man. Um, you think uh, being an athlete, do you think that plays into this? I mean, it's, you guys have the trifecta, so that's pretty pretty amazing. It's one thing to have a, a co-founder. It's another thing to have two and they're related to you. And all three of you are athletes, which provides this um, not just a drive, but a competitiveness, right? I talk about it a lot and, and I don't shy away from it. Like I'm going out there to win, right? Like I've got a lot of respect for those that are in our category. There's no doubt. I'll even call them out every once in a while, but I'm out there to win. And I'm telling you, if I'm coming over there to that aisle, you just are giving us some time, right? It's just all about time. It's all about runway. I'm coming to win. Our team is coming to win. Do you think that that's ingrained in you and provides a benefit over others? Yes. Yes. And it's not just the competitive drive to win. It's the resilience and doing stuff that other people don't want to do, you know, as, as athletes, like I think our background as athletes is the only thing that's gotten us ready to this. And obviously our mom and dad loved us. They, they instilled some good values growing up. Uh, but I, I think working hard, harder than the, the guy that is lined up across from you is what has separated us, you know, and there's been so many times where it's late nights, you want to go to sleep, but you got to keep going. And so many setbacks, so many losses, you know, Shark Tank was, we got embarrassed on national television, but that we, we filmed on a Saturday on Monday morning, we were right back to work. And, and you learn that as an athlete, right? How to bounce back from a loss, how to shift your attention from one opponent to the next. Um, so yeah, I think we owe all of our experience and success to, to our background as athletes. That's an amazing comment. Uh, if, if you're watching, rewind a little bit of that because it's not, it's not, just exactly what he's saying it's what's with inside of that it's inside the comments that he's making they they were on national tv and you're saying it a different way i actually see it the way that you do and you just not only bounce back but you just kept going and what a lot of people don't understand and and maybe they don't see what goes on even with a, a company your size which we'll get to at this point right there are still days that feel like uh you're not winning you froze for one sec that's all good let's i'll get it i'm gonna give him a sec mike no problem oh, there you go sorry that's about all that. good. i'm gonna um i'm oh, there you go i'm going to just that's where where i basically ended up and where i'm going to start right here is the part about the resilience part, right? Because even even right now, the size of your company, people will think, oh, they're just sort of moving, they're flying, everything is great. That's not how this works. No. There are days that you take the L's, right? There, there are a lot of days that you take an L. And it's what you do um, that separates you from competitors, those coming into the market, those thinking about coming into the market. Talk, talk on that a little bit. You know, what, what is the day-to-day -day look like? 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I think a lot of people think if they if they figure out a good packaging and a good product, they could put it on the shelf and it's going to sell like hotcakes. That's not the case. You know, our, our job starts when the product gets on the shelf and, and we got to pull it off the shelf. We got to get incremental places of, of disruption within the store. You know, we got to build shippers and displays and racks and all of that is just effort. There's no there's no shortcut there. And, and the better you do, the, the harder it gets. Right. The more product you sell, the more shelves you have to stock, the more coffee you have to make, the more deliveries you have to make. And I think that's the tricky thing is uh, it, behind mountains are more mountains. Right. The, the, the better you do, the harder it gets. And uh, I think that's the thing, too, is like if you don't if, if you're in this thing for a finish line or an outcome or an end goal, you're going to get eaten alive because you got to enjoy this, this journey, right? It's, it's, it's not a job and there is no work-life balance, right? This is life. This is a lifestyle. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Talk to us about uh, this last raise and then give us sort of a description of what your business looks like right now. Yeah. So we just closed our series B. It was about a $30 million round. It was really unconventional. You know, I started, we started the raise in Feb, end of February, early March, right as things were just about to, like Expo West had just got canceled the day we had our first Series B pitch. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, we, we better close this thing fast. And uh, we got a few different term sheets um, and we ended up going with one of our, our existing investors to lead the round. And it was weird. We, uh, we raised 30 million over like the course of three and a half months. Like we closed, had our first close in mid April and then checks just trickled in. You know, it wasn't like typically you do these things, you have a first close and a second close, you know? Uh, and it just wasn't so clean because some people would get in, they'd be super excited. And then it'd be, they'd be like, Oh shit, all my portfolio companies just went out of business. So like, I got to move some money back to them. Uh, so it was a really weird time to raise. Um, that said, like the, it's this fuel gets us probably 24 months of runway. We're not a profitable business, but we're growing quickly. Uh, 90 full-time employees. We, we just announced a, a national distribution deal with Anheuser-Busch. So uh, that's the, the DSD network for, for those in the beverage space. It's, I mean, you, you put product on their trucks and then you, got, you better provide the sales power, the sales team to, uh, to help them pull it off those shelves. So uh, we're grateful to align with them. I think they're, they're pretty bullish on non-alcohol in the future and, and uh, we're excited to work with them. That's impressive. It, 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 this is one of the more impressive stories going on in food and beverage. Um, and then there are, the, the way you're talking about it though is very refreshing, no pun intended. It's very refreshing. Uh, and I think that's the likability. I'm just, you know, on, on your side, as far as yourself and your brothers, uh, we, before the, with the show, we talked about it, right? It's about, you just be a good, just be a good person, right? Um, be, you can be honest and transparent and put out that vibe. And I think that things sort of come back around for you. Um, and part of that is the way you're talking about, because a lot of people who get into this, at least in the phase that you're in, you know, you talk about a $30 million round, the valuations of, that are circling is, you know, a couple hundred million dollars. They, they aren't still saying this is a tough business. You know, there are days that are not great and we've got, you know, 90 employees and we got to dig deep, right? We can get them on a truck, but now we got to get them off the shelf. That is the business we're in, right? And that, what's nice is that's the business you're in when you're doing 2 million or you're doing 25 million, right? It's all the same. Um, congratulations, it's pretty awesome. Dude, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Mike, we're going to close out the show with you. 
we're talking N-Wave. I think it's some technology stuff. Give it to us. Tell us who it's for and what's, what's it all about. For sure. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, so we're a food technology company based in Vancouver, Canada. We have a vacuum microwave technology that essentially helps better for you snack companies become shelf stable. Um, very efficient removal of water from organic uh, products at low temperature heat. So we work with everything from mid-scale entrepreneurs to Fortune 500 companies to working with the U.S. Army developing their field rations. Nice. That's it, huh? I, I could go on, uh, you know, but, um, you know, I, I just wanted to share a quick anecdote. Jim, big fan of the product. We can't get it up here in Canada, unfortunately, but at Expo West, I flew down. It got canceled. So I spent an afternoon at Erwan and, and tried my first and only super coffee, and it was fantastic. So can't wait to see the product up here in Canada, hopefully at some point uh, in 2021. And, and Mark, that goes for your product as well. Um, I hope we can see it in a Whole Foods or something here in Vancouver. We're working on it. Yeah, we got some, uh, our distributions in nutrition supplement up there. So it's, you know, it's kind of defined, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Fantastic. All right, Mike Wilkes and Wave, Jim DeSico, Super Coffee. Great having you guys. Be well, be healthy, be safe. Mark, thank you, brother. See you, Mike.